0: This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This
1: is Let's Drink About It. This is Let's Drink About It, a podcast where we proceed from the premise that every life event has a perfect cocktail pairing. I'm your host,
0: Benjamin Harrison. I am also your host, Chris Bowman. And with us this week is the lovely and talented Mike Sachs, author of uh, Your Wildest Dreams Within Reason uh, and Here's the Kicker, Conversations with 21 Humor Writers About Their craft. Uh, and most recently, Poking a Dead Frog, conversations with today's top comedy writers. Michael Sachs, welcome to Let's Drink About It.
2: Thank you. And I was saying it as I walked in, this is the nicest apartment I've ever seen for a podcast. Usually, <laughs> it's hellish. The, the trick is that I don't make any of my living from podcasting. So I would say that's a good tr- good trick, and I'd keep that up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't see what the view is, but these windows are huge. What, what's the view out there? Uh, it's just a
1: bunch of backyards. Um... Which are mostly kind of, you know, covered by arbors and and vines and things. But uh, it's kind of interesting to stand out there in the summer and see different
2: people cultivate tomatoes in the poisonous soil of Greenpoint. Is, are these are these um, the original Polish uh, owners, or are these the new hipster owners? I, I'd, I'd say it's a nice blend, uh, you know, pre and post gentrification.
1: So you get to you get to sort of see how. How both halves live oh, in yeah. my little rear window here. Good, good. Um, yeah, just waiting for the day when I'm uh, injured in a in a uh, <laughs> auto racing accident and I have to roll around this apartment with my <laughs> with my leg in a cast. Do you uh, see that happening?
2: <laughs> is that is that, is that in your future? This is one of
1: one of many reasons I <laughs> tend to steer clear of auto racing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's a wise choice. Yeah.
2: So, Mike, tell us
1: about uh, tell us about. Uh, you, so you've basically met all of the legends of comedy. Yes. Well, if
2: if not met, then have talked to or emailed or a, a combination of all three.
1: Gotcha. So so do some of these interviews you do
2: remotely? Yeah. Um, in fact, it's easier for me to do it remotely because I usually have uh, 20 pages of questions. Right. <laughs> I will do a um, search for, you know, because no no interview goes in order, which was one of the first things I had to learn. Mm-hmm. and um, it's always jumping around. So I need to know that, um, that list of questions, almost like a script, almost have it memorized. So to know where if so-and-so talks about such-and-such, I can go straight to that part right. and then start you know, going off in that direction. So that, that to me is much easier than doing it in person. Where um, I can also do research as I'm talking to the person. Yeah, yeah. Or write down notes or do do things. You don't like, look like but... an asshole going on your computer. Oh, I look like an like asshole that. no matter what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it in person. <laughs> but but you, the, the, your
0: yeah. your uh you said research there, and I mean your interviews like you managed to get some pretty interesting uh, answers. Uh, like how much how much research like how much time do you spend on research? I guess it varies. Well,
2: yeah, it, it does vary, but it's usually on average between 20 and 30 hours per interview subject. Wow. Uh, and it's usually everything I can find, every interview, um, if it's a director, writer like Harold Ramis, every director's commentary, everything they've written, and it's, it's very OCD. Now, the problem with that is that sometimes, and I would say nearly half the time, an interview doesn't work out well, but I won't know that until I start the process, so that's after doing the Research, mm. so it's very very time consuming. Yes, yeah. t-
0: I. I uh, what I like about your books is uh, that it's an equal uh, measure of, you know, reading about people I've heard of and people that I have being introduced to people. You know, like people like Peg Lynch, for example, mm-hmm. uh, in in uh, uh, your latest book, and and you know somebody this woman who's written uh, both radio and television scripts uh, in, to the number of like twenty thousand, I think it was. You know, and I've never heard of this person. Obviously, it's a different era, but um,
2: really... Well, she was a real, real find, and that was actually just pure chance. But yeah, that was one of the things that I had to argue with the publisher about, uh, not so much this time, but the first time, is that... Because they wanted only, only names that would motivate sales. Exactly. And to me, a name doesn't... You know, I went after people that I want to interview and talk to for 10 hours and do research for for 20 hours. And that's not going to be someone who might be a uh, quote unquote name. It's someone that interests me. And really, the book was both books were just an excuse to talk to people whose work I liked. And that sure. may not be people who um, a lot of people know. But, I, you know, a lot of them have interesting stories and Peg Lynch is one of them. And that was just pure chance. I just happened upon that. I asked a um, expert in radio comedy if any writers for radio comedies are still alive. And he gave me a list, and he said, I don't know, maybe one of these is still alive. It was about 10 to 15 people on the list. Went through the list, and they were all dead, except for Peg, uh, who I managed to track down in a a town in Massachusetts. And I I called the um, government office, small government office, a town hall. And they knew who she was, and they gave me her number. And she answered. She was ninety-seven <laughs> at the time. It nice. wasn't. It wasn't her secretary or anything. And it wasn't her. No, I don't think it was her stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> but she was almost. Um, she was incredibly chatty, incredibly nice, and um, almost as if she had been waiting for someone to call. Yeah, just, I, I think um,
0: it reads like that too. I mean, she just was like a, a wealth of information.
2: She's incredible, and she just turned ninety-eight um the other day and actually a few months ago her husband of 75 years just passed away mm. um so she's she's still going not as a straight good run she, though right mm. amazing i mean she is phenomenal yeah I and mean, people talk about how hard it is now for women um, or certainly 10 years ago to, to get into comedy but imagine what it was yeah. like in the 40s yeah. just imagine that strength of will and um, that sense of character that and the shit she must have had to put up with I'm sure she did yeah. uh, she did and a lot of it I mean she talks about in the interview uh, she was sexually not harassed but asked out on a date twice by John F. Kennedy when he was right. a senator yeah that's right yeah. so she said no to him now, I mean you'd almost said, be offended if he didn't right I would be personally yeah um at least it wasn't <laughs> teddy i guess no well that's what i said and she was such a um workaholic she said no twice to john f kennedy because she had to go home and write a comedy script and i said now that <laughs> is a devoted comedy yeah writer. yeah that's, yeah she yeah. was
0: she, that's an incredible read that one i mean there's they're all I, I just love the the it's so varied like i mean you've got like daniel close for example or Klaus, for example like a cartooner, a cartoonist uh george saunders tom sharpling so they're like, all kinds of of people it's uh Yeah, Yeah,
2: well, that's that's the thing I wanted to get across, is that you don't have to write for TV. Mm -hmm. You don't have to write for sitcoms um, to be a respectable comedy writer. You don't have to write shouts and murmurs for New Yorker. You can write anything, and if it's done well, it'll be lasting and it'll make a big impression. Mm. And I think that by going after these... It wasn't like I was trying to get one graphic novelist, one writer for radio, one this, one that. I just think it's nice to know, as a young comedy writer starting out or even just, you know, before you start off, if you're in high school, you don't have to, um, go a prescribed route. You can do whatever you want, uh, in any genre you want. And if you do it well, then you can make your mark. Yeah. That, uh, there's a, a book, called, uh, I think it's called my first
1: movie that's interviews with directors about their first films that sort of, uh, I'm a filmmaker by, by trade. And that was a, a very formative book for me because it, the The thing that I took away from it was that there isn't. It's not like being a you know a contract lawyer where there are like ten things that you just do and then you're a contract lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like you can take any path to, well, to get to that it. job.
2: Yeah, if you become a comedy writer, you're off the 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 path. I mean, you're. It's almost like you're a carny, and I used to be even more so. But all your friends that go to grad school, all your friends that go to law school. You know, they're going a certain route and you're just on your own and you have to figure it out for yourself. So mm-hmm. to hear from these greats who did figure it out for themselves, I think, is also another good lesson in that um, there are no rules. You know, it's not like you studying to get a degree. You don't have right. to take this 101 and that 201. You just have to <laughs> do it and figure it out for yourself, which makes it harder, but it also makes it more exciting. You're going to have a more exciting life. Than your friend back in Maryland who is working temp off of I two seventy.
0: Well, it's it's there's a nice balance in in almost every interview. Well, they're not like straight up. Uh, what, what's this? Some of the the uh, chapters are called uh, ultra specific comedy knowledge. Oh right.
2: Uh, 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 ultra specific, yeah, comedic knowledge, and then um, something else that I forget. Yeah, but yeah. There's, <laughs> there's two types. There's one that was just general. Advice, and then others very specific as far as what to do about a certain specific aspect of comedy writing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like within the the, the straight
1: like, ahead, like inter- what to say to John F. Kennedy on the <laughs> second date invitation. <laughs> <laughs> very
0: specific. <laughs> but, you know, within the the straight ahead interviews, there's a good blend of you know, like you say, advice, almost a how to. You know, you know if you if you've got sort of the interest, there's a there's a almost like a uh, specific steps you can take to become or start to to get into comedy writing and then like a little bit of history of each person, whether they're old, like an old uh, radio writer or like somebody like Adam McKay who is, you know, working today, you know, it's a, uh, there's a real nice blend in there, so.
2: Pe- oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, well, there's a lot of advice and there's a lot of it is people figuring it out for themselves, but a lot of it comes down to sort of the same things and it's maybe 10 or 15 similarities that you see across the board with successful maybe not just even successful comedy writers, just anyone who's successful. Mm. But I started to notice similarities among these all these people. Oh, man. I, I, one last thing. But
0: the Carol Kolb interview is like, it's a pretty heavy interview. It starts off pretty heavy. You know, I mean, she's the, I guess, former Onion writer. But um, you you open that interview with you know, like, did you have a happy childhood or something? And it was just right off the bat, like, no, I did not. It's just like, it was very, like, sort of dour. I mean, I think she kind of apologizes at some
2: point, but uh, it was a great interview. Oh, thanks. Well, that was um, something I sort of assumed she didn't have because I know a few Onion writers and none have had happy childhoods. And actually, that would extend to any comedy writer. Hmm. Not necessarily sad, childhoods but lonely yeah and um feeling that they're not a part of the group feeling like being an outsider and being an outsider helped them become comedy writers
1: yeah form form a perspective that is outside the right mainstream. because if you're
2: getting late in high school and you're a jock and everything's going great you're not going to stay at home on prom night and watch black adder you're gonna stand in the mirror working on your vaudeville right you're not gonna do ventriloquist gags in your room that's just not gonna happen
1: uh chris what's uh what's the latest for you
0: well this week i'm feeling a little more scrooge than cratchit uh how about you mike is 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 cratchit wait
1: before, before you say anything more is cratchit a character in uh christmas t- story or whatever
2: christmas carol christmas, christmas carol? carol yeah bob cratchit isn't it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, i'm feeling tiny tim okay good yeah uh i'll see if we have some more in the back so. uh, how about you mike uh, what am I feeling as far as mood? No, I mean like, what's your what's your life event for the show? Oh, my life event. Well, how, how deep you want me to get into it right now? Uh, just give me give me the like tweet version. And then okay, we'll, the tweet we'll version is later. I worked retail in New Orleans and Maryland for ten years, off and on, in a record store, record stores, and my story has to do with one of my assistant managers.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, what we what we got was missing missing a work party.
2: That was whose. That was it, wasn't it, Did I get work? that wrong? Yeah, you were. Oh, no, you yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it, it was well, it's a little it's not a it wasn't a work party. It was a party oh, that but... a worker had gone to. Okay. Okay, all right. Yeah. This definitely was not a work party.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, and Ben, how about you? I I make no I make no warranties about the uh, propriety of the drink that we selected for you in that case, but <laughs> it'll be a tasty drink nonetheless. <laughs> sure it will be. <laughs> uh yeah, I uh I I recently solved a a mystery that has been beguiling me for uh, three or four years. A medical mystery.
0: Now this, you know, I cannot wait to hear what this medical mystery is because this is the third medical uh, medical related uh, you know event. Sorry, hold on, hold on, hold does on. the
2: mystery have to do with chimes in your head? Because <laughs> <laughs> I assure you, phone
0: call, they're not in your and head. now, because th- I can
1: solve yeah. that mystery, right? Getting a phone call and now and now that I have. Dr. Three Sachs. Apple devices in my house. Every <laughs> single object in in range starts ringing. I feel like we're in a cockpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. I guess well, I have to leave that in now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mike, for you, uh, we're going to be making a cocktail that is a new fave of mine. Mm. It's called the Industry Sour. Okay. Oh, god, I like that. Uh, it's an ounce of Fernet Branca, an mm-hmm. ounce of green chartreuse, mm-hmm. an ounce of lime juice, and an ounce of simple syrup mm-hmm. it's shaken on ice and strained into a chilled cocktail glass. Sounds mm. fantastic. What's it called? It's called the Industry Sour, and I think it's called that because it's all like cocktail industry mm-hmm. ingredients. <laughs> no, that's great. I like that. But uh, I at it, a... It, uh, I don't know. I've been sort of looking for an excuse, and, and uh, your your event seemed to seem to fit the bill. All right. I don't know why, but that's good. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of these uh, associations are very thin.
2: I should have told you before I came over, I only drink alcoholic drinks involving fresco. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or Mr. Pitt. Okay. I'm going
1: to run down to the bodega, and uh, <laughs> when we
0: come back... <laughs> Uh, Ben, for you, um, I'm going to give you a little explanation here. Um, This drink comes from a place called the Criterion Restaurant in um, uh, the Piccadilly in London. And uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle actually imagined uh, the meeting of Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes taking place at this bar. So uh, that's the the mystery portion of the drink because the, the drink is called Angel Face, which... Uh, it doesn't sound as appropriate, but um, it's three-quarter ounces of dry gin. I mean, it's
1: appropriate to me no
0: matter what, right? <laughs> well, in the past, uh, medical oddities have involved your face. so Yeah, that's you know, true. Um, uh, this, this one is about as far from my face as we can get, but <laughs> okay. I'll take it. All right. Tip, tip of your toe. <laughs> Got it. Uh, three-quarter ounces of dry gin. They recommend Plymouth. Uh, three-quarter ounces of apricot brandy. And three-quarter ounces of Calvados. Um, you just... Uh, it says shake, but then somebody recommended this being stirred. Uh, so stir well and strain into a cocktail glass. Yeah. This looks like a stir. Yeah. To me as well. hmm
1: You know, I think that, uh, the big, the big distinction for staking, shaking versus stirring is shakings like a little less annoying and also really good for combining ingredients of different viscosities, like mm-hmm. egg yolks and booze, for example, mm-hmm. uh, but stirring is really good if you don't want little flecks of ice and uh, whatnot in your in your beverage, and less it, it aerates it less, I think too.
2: You guys are good. Oh, I just watched You're a little video around. about this shaking versus stirring. This guy is talking uh, <laughs> yeah. specs. <man>. Uh,
0: <laughs> and are you forgetting something, Ben? Uh, I am. Yeah, I uh, I
1: picked out a, a cocktail for you, Chris, called the Angry Balls cocktail. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, oh boy! This is two <laughs> ounces of fireball whiskey, uh, four ounces of hard apple cider, a slice of apple, cinnamon sticks, and ground
0: cinnamon. So Well, I'm glad you didn't choose that for me. I hate every ingredient. <laughs> <I have that. laughs> uh, I, the only bottle of fireball uh, I could find was the biggest bottle of fireball oh I could find. Oh, no. So <laughs> I'm going to just be... December's going to be a disgusting blur, I think. I'm just going to have to get rid I of get,
1: it. I forgot to write it down, but uh, when Jordan Morris was in town last, uh, we went out bar hopping, and we wound up in a bar that had a drink that included Fireball and like Jägermeister and like three other things that make up make terrible shots Ooh, yeah. that people do, God. and they'd like figured out a way to make them into a cool cocktail. Um, but that's like the only other thing that I can think of oh, that fireball this would bo- be good for. This bottle is Do so you choose these
2: at random or is this, this is...
1: Uh, well, I, I don't know. I was picturing the, the ball ornaments on the Christmas tree. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Chris's anger at them. <laughs> so, uh, you're going to put the whiskey and cinnamon sticks and, in and the cider in a glass with ice and stir it gently. Uh, top it with the apple slice and then sprinkle the slice with a little bit of ground cinnamon. Uh, All right. All just right. Just so it looks real nice. Cheers, gentlemen.
0: Cheers.
2: Thank you for this. Cheers. your this health. Looks great. Oh, that's delicious. Wow very good um how is yours it looks like um a little medicinal is that it's a it definitely feels
0: or it definitely tastes medicinal um, oh man
2: you went
1: whole hog and went went ahead and put the cinnamon stick in there and everything that's
0: what it calls for yeah i mean i got apple slice in there it's a <laughs> it's a pretty picture that's for sure I have a
1: confession to make about that drink. Oh, no. oh, I found, here, always, I found,
0: always a confession with these drinks. What would you do to it?
1: Well, I found that <laughs> recipe in two different places. Here comes I'm, a Bill Cosby story. Yeah, <laughs> and one was... Like, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to end up in my underwear over the toilet <laughs> in two
2: hours. Oh, no. No, but your drink might. Sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll be very confused tomorrow about what happened this evening. But uh, uh, No, I found I found... Roughly the same recipe twice, but with two different names. So I picked the slightly nicer recipe and the
0: slightly funnier name. Okay. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What yeah. was the? Uh, what was the other name? I don't know. One? It was like the shit fuck. dish. House <laughs> house punch <laughs> or something. Spicy yeah, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, well, thanks for the augmentation. I don't know if it's now. Uh, how
2: was your drink? Uh, um, it looks good but it's a bit simple. This is a simple drink. It's
1: um maybe a little sweeter. I think maybe what I should have done I cuz I opted for calvados and not applejack and I feel like maybe mm. I should have gone applejack cuz I don't think that's quite as as sweet as uh as calvados is. But that's, it's uh, it's 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 a nice it's a nice beverage. I'm uh, not
0: not complaining. That's three times in two shows that we've uh had a recipe that calls for Applejack, the one I couldn't it? do because I can't. Yeah, because I I could. Oh you, yeah, I couldn't get it, Applejack up here because you know Canada and. Uh, I think that's a pretty
1: classically American spirit, actually.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, uh, in that it's an organic
2: cigarette. Applejack was a character in Bottle Rocket.
1: Oh yeah, man! That's I haven't
2: seen my that favorite movie character yeah, name in that movie. Quite a long time. <laughs> it's also my favorite movie of his. Mm. Huh. The first. The first, great.
0: Um, okay, Mike, why don't you, uh, let's get into this missed, in. missed opportunity here or however you want to phrase it. Oh, okay. So, um, and feel free
2: to in- intervene with questions and comments. Okay. I, um, well, we don't typically do that on this show. You know, we'll <laughs> just
1: kind of, we'll, we'll leave the heavy lifting up to you. Well, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. You can go back to
2: sleep. Uh, I worked, as I said earlier, for 10 years off and on starting when I was 25 Yeah, starting in Maryland, then New Orleans, and back in Maryland at a um, chain record store, which was called Kent Mill Records, up to 32 stores at one point. Now it's down to one. Wow. They were knocked senseless by the internet and by Walmart, Mm. and uh, they didn't foresee that. In fact, they they went through a big um, redo right before the internet kicked in. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on new stores. You know they, they spruced it up, put in listening stations, and then the internet came in. it was just knocked them senseless. yeah shoot. so this is before that. this was um, early nineties, and I was working at this point in Maryland at right behind a housing project, and um, one of the workers th- these were not workers you'd find any place successful. These were always sort of the unpopped kernels at the bottom of a popcorn bag <laughs> you know, not, not fully formed human beings. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, Chris you used to work in record stores
0: right uh, also for 10 years yes sir do you,
1: I do you identify with the unpopped kernel
0: uh no I didn't have the same experience I mean now this the, is not uh, it's not high
2: fidelity I'm talking about no I'm right, right, about... right, right.
1: <laughs> nobody was pulling a uh, air conditioning unit off the wall and hitting Tim Robbins in the head with it they did but not uh... Apropos of nothing Apropos of
2: nothing (laughs) So these were not These were not geniuses I'm dealing with here But they're You know They had a lot of They were interesting And there's fun And we had a lot of fun And one of the people I worked with Was named Dougie Um, Anyone named Dougie Over the age of 14 (laughs) You have to watch out for But He was um, Salt of the earth He was uh, Maryland Um, He might not have ever left Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area Uh, He was just a local kid, and his big dream was to teach gym in in elementary or junior high high school. Um, So he was going to Montgomery College for that, which is a community college. So, you know, not a guy with huge dreams, but very fun, very nice, and um, always fun to be around. So what he used to do was, just as a backstory to Dougie, I was uh, just starting working there, and he was the assistant manager, which means he was above me, so he would um oftentimes tell me that he would you know he was he was going to be away for a while so he would just leave and god knows go where or study, <laughs> study physical education right <laughs> right it, it, i <laughs> i love a guy with
1: a nice modest aspiration well <laughs> refreshing. It,
2: it is refreshing i mean he was just a happy sweet guy who just wanted to teach kids gym i mean he was just a good good guy so what he used to do too is he used to go into the back room and disappear mm mm-hmm um, mm. for, you know, 20, 30 minutes and close the door, which no one else would do. <laughs> so I said to him one day, Dougie, what's, what goes on back there? <laughs> he says, well, I'll tell you what I do. And he he brought me back there and he had a stack of CDs and he opened the back door leading out. I said, well, what are you doing? He says, well, what I do is I have women, um, come in, they come in the back door, they give me a blowjob, then I give them a CD. (laughs) Now, this time, it was usually the soundtrack to the Bodyguard or the first Pearl Jam album. (laughs) Right, because these women are romantics. (laughs) (laughs) Right. These are some Marilyn romantics we're talking about. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Yeah. Well, that's the type of clientele i'm talking about that's where oh, i grew wow. up i mean that's where i used to go to um the capitol center not to that specific show thank god but other <laughs> um so this is a guy who was who a bit of a character and another backstory about uh dougie he decided because he was going to be a pe teacher he wanted to go healthy and all he ate was anything that was wrapped in plastic that came from another state or another country <laughs> so he decided one day to eat a salad um and he ate the salad. About an hour later, he was literally rolling on the ground, grabbing in his stomach. His system <laughs> didn't know what hit it? No, he screaming he would never eat anything <laughs> natural again. I mean, he was... Yeah. I had to take over as a, the assistant manager role. That was like Lyndon Johnson after Kennedy was shot. <laughs> and just as important. Right. So um, all right, So one day, Dougie says to me, um, I'm going to a party in Potomac, which is where I was living in Maryland. He said, you want to come? and um for whatever reason i said no I, I don't want to come um i don't know what i was doing i have no memory of that so i get into work the next day and dougie was supposed to be there instead of Dougie, he was another uh worker Kent mill record worker and he said you hear what happened to dougie last night i said no and he said dougie was uh shot in the back and murdered uh, what happened was he went to this party with two of his friends and Dougie, being the sweet guy that he is, took it upon himself to defend a woman who he thought was being treated not well. Wow. And the guy whose party it was holed himself up in his bedroom. This was the guy who was treating the woman poorly. And Dougie went in there with two of his friends, and um, he took the shotgun and shot them all dead. So it was a triple wow. murder. Are you kidding? At, no. This is a party joke. That, That's oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. This, is, be, this is pre-internet, and I, I tried looking it up, and it, you can find it online. Um, if you look up this, his name, but it was pre-internet, so it wasn't that big a news story. But the worst part about—I mean, as if that wasn't the worst part—the son of a bitch got only five years because oh Dougie God. didn't come from a rich family; he couldn't afford lawyers Ugh. to go after this guy, and this guy was kind of rich, so oh he got five God. years for for um, manslaughter. So this guy's Sleepy. walking around. Oh, no, he's now. out. He's been out since the mid '90s. Holy Ugh. shit.
0: Yeah, Mike. Anyway, I gotta that- say, I gotta say, uh, I had different visions of how this story was going to end. Uh, missing, I thought yeah. like, originally thought it was that like you didn't go to a party and you missed out on some crazy times. But uh, holy shit, that is crazy! But yeah. bullet
2: literally dodged. I mean, literally, literally dodged. Now that's not to say I would have been the hero and, and in this guy's room defending the woman. In fact, I can tell you that I would have been by the rice checks bowl. I would not have been anywhere <laughs> near this situation, but. <laughs> You do know, you know for a fact that there were rice checks at this party, or um, do you I, just kind of aspire that there were? I just dream about this party, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, the only thing I dream about are the rice. Is the rice yeah. checks bizarrely? I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have been the hero. But you know, every time was, I have a true crime dream, it's about adjacent <laughs> snacks. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. The Manson slaughter was not the Manson slaughter. You're just eating M and M's off to yeah, the exactly. side, <laughs> the right. uh, specifically peanut. Right. Peanut uh, M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's my uh, story. So that that wasn't a work office oh. party per se. That was a um, work yeah. affiliate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Boy. Wow. Uh, uh, never told that, by the way. Never make, makes it told think. that on any podcast or anything. That's a that's a first. My, well, that's uh, that's what
0: we go for here on Let's Drink About It. Uh, horrible stories told for the first time. Yes,
2: involving <laughs> peanut and M and M's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
1: <laughs> yeah, making, making light of an uh, innocent guy getting gunned down for oh, a crime of his life. Um,
0: hey. Where do we uh, go?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I can uh, try and lighten the mood by talking about some ankle pain I was having in 2011.
0: Sure. 2011 uh, <laughs> ankle pain.
1: Yeah, so that was my medical mystery. I, get, I got back from my... Uh, I've talked about it a couple times before, but I did a, a film in uh, Nairobi... Uh, in 2011, and I got back, and I noticed this like on the airplane from Amsterdam to.
0: <laughs> Wait, is, is someone in heat? <laughs> <laughs> can you hear it? Can you hear that? Is that your cat or your girlfriend? My, no, Mike, Mike just asked if somebody's in heat. <laughs> <laughs> can you spread? Can you put a hose on that? Whatever it is. <laughs> can you put a hose on it? Uh, uh, <laughs> that, was happening, that was happening in the first segment And, and uh, I'm at uh, our friend Scott's house And uh, his fiancee Jen, is downstairs saying oh, She hopes that the cat meowing loudly gets on the podcast So <laughs> there you, go, there well, you I, go
2: I actually do love cats So uh, it's, not, it's not being hurt in any way, I hope No, it's too late I've already hosed it down and thrown it in the frills <laughs> the backyard Ah, with fresco, okay Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Fresca hose down uh,
0: um, <laughs> uh so so the ankle pain the yeah ankle so pain.
1: I, I noticed i noticed on the airplane that my ankles were hurting and by the time i woke up the morning after oh. my trip i was basically unable to walk i know where you're going with this and yeah. i couldn't walk for about two weeks like i was able in week two to like hobble very slowly like i i before you diagnosis
2: i want to i want to Give oh, you're prediction. gonna give your guess. Yeah, go, okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I w- I would
1: you know I would go very slowly to to the coffee shop in the morning and come back and feel like you know maybe I was making progress and I was uninsured at the time so I didn't have any uh, medical recourse available to me and it seemed like such a mysterious thing that I was like did I sprain my ankles both and not (laughs) remember doing it. Like I was in Amsterdam for 30 hours and there's definitely parts of that that I don't remember (laughs) super clearly. Like, uh, you know, who knows like why, my? but, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, remember any specific injury. And, uh, I've been getting ready for this far East trip that I have coming up and I went to the, like the, place where you go to get the shots for the weird illnesses that you're going to be exposed to and you go to the subcontinent and and Mm -hmm. whatnot and uh i believe i've found the the answer to the mystery so you have
2: a guess well i was gonna say thrombosis thrombosis which is when you sit too long on an airplane and oh that's interesting that happened to that happens to politicians who fly a lot
1: right and and i feel like maybe that would have i i i'd considered that but it it lasted for such a long time and it was so specifically my ankles it didn't have anything to do with the rest of my legs and i went to this thing and this lady was telling me about all the different diseases like both the ones i was getting inoculations for and also the ones that no inoculations exist for and it's basically like there's basically like six things that nobody can do anything about like the I don't. I don't remember which letter it is, but the real bad hepatitis and a mm-hmm. few other things, and then there's kind of a laundry list of other like minor third world illnesses that, uh, and and one of them just left off the page at me because it had a funny name. It was called chicken gunya, <laughs> and chicken gunya is like a mystery virus that can get in your joints and make them hurt, and it goes away, and nobody knows like like uh see i didn't
2: want to say it when i came in i thought this guy has
0: chicken gun yeah this, this, this looks like a... i know where this story is going it's going to yeah,
1: chicken, yeah. i was too ganya. shy to say anything yeah, but it's like a, it's like ringworm it's like there's something about his face that's a little weird <laughs> this guy's got chicken gun I... written all over yeah. his ankles <laughs> uh something angelic about his face uh but, <laughs> but weird about his ankles um but yeah, so it was a it was a real relief because I was like, oh, now I know why my ankles were hurt. Maybe. How do you catch chicken gunya? I think it is a mosquito transmissible illness. And weird. Uh, I was in parts of Kenya Jersey. that are not malarial, <laughs> but there were shit tons of mosquitoes. Like I would go into the bathroom in the apartment that we were staying in and just like spend twenty minutes before peeing. Killing An indoor,
2: uh, indoor bathroom killing mosquitoes? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. No, that's it was, terrible.
0: It's a nightmare. It was like...
2: I was
1: like completely blown away
0: by the No, the I get level nervous just hearing that.
2: <laughs>
1: mosquito-ness that was going on in, uh, in Nairobi. But not malarial mosquitoes, but chicken gunya-y. Uh, <laughs>
2: so, that's uh, the best chicken gunya story I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, I'm, gl-
1: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, My That Sacks. was good. <laughs> yeah, I i you know i it it only occurred to me recently to tell the chicken gunya story on air and i'm I'm glad to hear that you have finished. you told your
2: fiance you have chicken gunya
1: <laughs> i i've been I've been withholding that information because oh, i don't it's I embarrassing don't, yeah i mean you
2: didn't put that on OkCupid? cupid no. <laughs> uh
1: I actually put it on a resume one time and it was a <laughs> nice <laughs> under interest
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. uh uh hobbies <laughs> chicken gunya chicken gunya happen
0: <laughs> so does it it just disappears like it just goes away
2: chicken gunya yeah, i think
1: your system gets rid of it That's eventually amazing.
2: so if it didn't just disappear you would still be suffering from it because you would have no idea what it was
1: yeah i mean i guess uh i guess if it had persisted for more than a couple of months, I might have sucked it up and for, gone to. If it persisted see a for for right?
0: more than forty eight hours, you'd have to go see a doctor or whatever. No, that. I
1: let it. I let it go for two weeks, and and Rachel was pissed. She was like, "You need to see a doctor. You're." Fucking feet are injured somehow, and you don't even know how.
0: Like, Were
2: you hobbling around like like a newly born deer, or so, you know, it was like <laughs> a fawn, just w- with the ankles in and just? Uh,
1: you know, no, I was just mostly staying in bed and having her bring me cheesesteaks. <laughs> so. mm, that's
2: pretty. You didn't never had chicken gunya, you, didn't you? you? Just wanted her to get you some cheesesteak. <laughs>
1: uh, one of the we most real chicken gun most and elaborate <laughs> ruses I've ever. <laughs> I've ever <laughs> nicely done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, I got I got to remember that one. I got to use that.
1: Well, Chris, talk to me about being a Scrooge.
0: Well, look, I like the <laughs> holiday season. Okay, I like the holiday season. What I don't, yeah, like... yeah. Look at you—you're in a festive shirt. Yeah, hey, it's my uh, Christmas plaid I'm wearing right now. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> a little early, um, but you know, it's it's. I think it's more. That... Hey, it's December. I'd, I'd say
1: it's not early. It's it's Christmas season.
0: Well, I think halfway through. Uh, halfway through October, some stores some eager stores take it upon themselves to start decorating for a holiday that's six weeks away right sure and then of course hard uh, to
1: blame them no their businesses are very seasonal and sure they, uh
0: sure you know, um, I, I mean I, they're worried
1: I, about them lean months you know what i'm saying did
0: i say halfway through october i mean it's like probably early november i suppose is when they start so you know uh, borderline seven weeks and uh sure it's the music I think that's more than anything it's the music and, yeah. and, and the uh, the decorations uh, everywhere you go that's um, I don't know it's just a little intense you know and it's terror it's often terrible it's rest of the year you've got to put up with um, uh, whatever top 40 garbage uh, that stores like trying to get you they, <laughs> you know they try to get you amped up to buy all the stuff they're selling and uh Bob it's... Marley dance remix and <laughs> exactly right, if it's... you're lucky, Bob Marley <laughs> dance remix <laughs> yeah, right, uh and then it's like the uh, you know if I hear what's that mariah Carey Christmas Carol again oh uh, all all I want for christmas i i i don't know what i'll do, I cannot be held responsible for what is going to happen <laughs> when I hear it because I know between now and and Christmas i 'm going to hear it another thirty times but
1: well my my uh my beautiful Jewish fiance Rachel loves that song deeply, so.
2: I mean, most people <laughs> Sorry, do, buddy.
0: A lot of people well, do. Well, here's a the.
2: A lot of Jews love Christmas. Uh, me being one of them, I, I love Christmas. Love it. Now, yeah. now, you love. It's, just, it's a sweet just,
0: holiday. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great holiday, and I. I no, I, I
2: don't love the commercial aspects of it, like what you're saying. It drives me crazy. But, yeah. You know, with a tree and a nice meal and being with your family. Yeah, yeah, and yeah absolutely. Great. I love See, it. See, that's the thing. reason
1: for the season part of the holiday. Mm-hmm. Exactly um, it's
0: hard to shit on Christmas because it's a really nice time of year, and people are in good spirits and uh you know working in a bar it's like a really great time you know it's a really great time of year because people are just happy in the hall ho- like the time off work is coming up and you know the the mood is just lighter it is yeah. it's the rest of it that uh it's the cramming it down your throat that really you know gets right any, you know.
2: commercialization <laughs> hijacking of christmas exactly i was right.
1: in I was in a vintage furniture store this weekend. And I guess maybe maybe because of the week, the particular weekend it was was the uh, whole uh, Black Friday bleeding into Cyber Monday, with a stopover on Small Business Saturday. Oh, right, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I was in like a vintage furniture store, and they were playing like the you know they were pumping out the Christmas jams, and I was like. It this is this is a store that's like on the fourth floor of a industrial warehouse building that has like dance studios and tech startups in it. Mm-hmm. It's like like you are not you know high street retail here. You don't need to be yeah. You, know, you like, can play whatever it up you Everybody's want. ass. Just yeah. Put on the fucking Mumford and Sons that you would have on otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's gonna complain. Like
2: a uh, Bon Iver. <It is.
1: laughs> and uh, yeah it, it did feel a little weird and
2: out of place that's a peppy of mine in general not only stores but restaurants that play awful awful music yeah, yeah. and e- either it's holiday like you were talking about or too poppy or even too extreme progressive alternative which is not even good alternative it's just yeah. the crap that you would see you know, listed in the top ten alternative in Rolling Stone or right. something. You, you know? know, Mike, yeah. for a
0: quick a quick second there, when you said "too poppy," I, I heard "too pocky," uh, you know, as in Tupac. And uh, well, that, <laughs> <but> there's also <laughs> Tupac's that
1: not necessarily. I hate the tupac holiday music, you know? songs.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that yeah. guy had, came out with that yeah, holiday a, album,
1: <laughs> a very thug-like life. Christmas was the, po- uh, the posthumous probably not his album. best work. Yeah. His
0: Hanukkah song was good. <laughs> <laughs> the hanukkah you give little infants fucks everyone <laughs> <laughs> mike let me ask you something uh you were in retail for 10 years you said now christmas mm-hmm. christmas is the crazy. worst it's the crazy worst crazy and were christmas. you in a were you in a mall or were you in like a, a independent like, like store well this
2: store was never in indoor malls it was always strip malls okay so it'd be the strip malls outside of the uh, bigger malls yeah yeah but christmas was insane and um i don't think people realize what it is like to work in a store you know i was treated and i think and i may even do this myself or i try not to do it myself now i try not to treat store workers as white noise you know i try to talk to them <laughs> right and right. treat them with respect but when especially around christmas you're treated as if you don't exist as if you're the barrier between them and what they need right and if there's any hold up it's your fault And that's times, uh, you know, hundreds of people a day. You know, sometimes the line would snake out the door. Yeah. Which was uh, crazy. But I don't think people in the non... You know, the retail world is an alternate reality. It's like living in Narnia. People who don't work it don't know what it's like. Yeah you know the christmas
0: list was one of my that was one of my favorite things when i saw like parents or cr- grandparents coming in with a list i just could not oh. wait for what was coming out of their you know <laughs> coming out of their mouth it was the yeah. best experience i mean i really <laughs> did you mentioned high fidelity earlier and i don't know if i laughed harder at, than at the scene mm-hmm. where you know the the dad comes in and asks if they if he's got uh stevie wonders i just called to say i love you and he's like do you even fucking know your
2: daughter you know yeah <laughs> right we get a lot of that we get a lot right. of humming the latest oh. oh yeah oh, or the, you know we you get, guys were spotify before spotify yes That's absolutely right. or right. we'd get i have a 12 year old niece what was she like and i was a big what one. is yeah exactly what's hot
0: right now it's like well yeah. uh, i am not the proper i am not the proper gauge
2: i had one guy come in once and he said i want uh, I forget how many it was. Say fifteen of the hottest alternative CDs. <laughs> so I spent, you know, like an hour with him putting it down. He's picking one out and replacing, and it had to be fifteen. All right, so he goes <laughs> back, came, comes back a week later. He's returning all of them. He doesn't like one of them. <laughs> and this was like the you know you the sure this wasn't Pixies like Doolittle Bayman, like. He had a hot date with a hooker coming up. He, he did wanted... come in bloody. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> Got to go return some CDs. But but there's saying... a real us versus them attitude. When you work retail, it's, it's us versus anyone who walks in that door.
0: Like, look, retail will beat the holiday snot out of you every year. <laughs> <laughs> it will... It'll just bleed you dry of any kind of enthusiasm. I mean, it, and it doesn't start that way because there is a good energy, as I say, like almost anywhere you go around the holidays. And then slowly, and it is its age, I think, too. And, you know, you just become jaded working in retail for 10 years. That's for sure. Absolutely. You, you but sort I sort of wonder what
1: the hell is going on in the minds of those people that start those Christmas Paraphernalia stores That are open year round Yeah Well
2: I uh, Yeah I would wonder Regardless (laughs) Christmas Village Or (laughs) Yeah Yeah Yeah. Oh man You're a real glutton For punishment (laughs) No but retail Will beat the shit out of you No matter what time of year It's true It's true You are treated like absolute garbage. And I wonder if that's changed now. You know, I work retail pre-internet, so I don't, yeah. or pre-strong internet, so i do not a pre strong internet so i am not quite sure if it's changed right. How all. much? How much of it is just people coming in and scanning yeah. barcodes with their phones and whatnot? Right, and people who, who go into LP store, record store, use record stores now or CD stores might be more of a um, aficionados of right. music rather than They're just... They're
1: going in there to talk about it. And yeah, you know, get something.
2: suggestions and stuff. But yeah. I, I'd actually recommend, you know, I hear people complain at my job all the time, and on other nice jobs about how bad it is. Like, you work retail 10 years, and then you come and complain, because i sure. tell you what, it, once you do that, it's it's like um, you've been in the shit, and you know what it's, <laughs> how bad it can get. You've you got the ring of fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: Retail and service industry, I think, those two things are, they can be pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, they can be great, you too. Could, but.
1: You, you could really tell the difference between somebody who's worked in a restaurant and someone not by the level of respect they show the server. Absolutely, yeah. and
2: it really pisses me off when someone is not respectful of a server or a bartender or a retail person. It's like yeah. you, you have not worked that job, you have no idea what it's like to show up at ten in the morning and yeah. be paid six bucks, seven bucks an hour to be treated like shit, and have know. to kill with kindness the people who are <laughs> treating you like garbage. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I mean, I was lucky to work in an independent store, and we had the uh, we had the support of the owner of the store and. Uh, so if, you know, we would be nice and, and to a point and, and, uh, you know, at that point we could, if we were being disrespected, we would just push right back and know that oh, our wow, jobs were yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was incredible. It was the best I didn't have have that that luxury. Job. <laughs> <laughs> you will leave bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I literally chased, I literally chased a guy out of the store once cause he, didn't like the way we were, like, literally ringing him through, like, his, his, his <laughs> he, he didn't like, it. he thought we were, like, being inefficient, and I, and I was like, what? And I followed him out of the store, and I actually, like, it was, it was actually, in hindsight, it's embarrassing, but it was so thrilling at the time, I was like, you know, this guy who, like, clearly dyed his mustache and, like, his comb over, I was like pointing, like he's walking to his car and I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. Get the fuck out of here. And, and I said like, you go ahead. I'm like, you go ahead and call head off and tell him I fucking sent you, you know, it was so <laughs> righteous. the title of the indie film came up yeah, on screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so righteous. It was so embarrassing, but like, it, you know, made a spectacle, but it was, uh, that's very unlike Canada to do that. Right. Oh man, just push us far enough. You know what I mean. Just push us yeah. far enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still, say.
1: Still waters run deep. Man. This is in
0: Toronto, the record store. Yeah, uh, this was outside of Toronto, like the town I grew up in, a little place called Burlington. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, a little spicy in Burlington sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. I'm Boy, walk.
1: I'm walking here, eh? <laughs> easy. <Yeah>. Speaking,
0: <laughs> of, speaking of spicy, this drink is uh, it's got a bit of a kick to it, a little bite. Yeah, even
2: uh, pop a little. A
0: like. little
1: bit of cinnamon. <laughs> Well, speaking of cinnamon, uh, we had a drink request come in,
2: uh-huh. right? This is live, <laughs> uh,
1: nope. via the Twitter. It, it is live. Today. I'm
2: ser- I mean, this is live.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, hmm. edited to tape. Okay.
0: But, uh, yeah. Right. It's, it's not live, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, live in the uh, way that
2: it's not live at all. Yeah. Where am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> we asked ourselves that in the
1: episode, uh, Twitter user at donuts and bolts, mm. uh, said, Hey, I'm inaugurating a new desert balcony with a large tropical brunch. I loved a drink <laughs> recommendation for the event. Uh, which, uh, you know, being, being here in, in chilly Brooklyn and looking, looking out through the Skype at, uh, at Chris Bowman in chilly, uh, chilly or Canada, Burlington, yeah. Ontario. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, hard, hard to imagine an outdoor party right now, but, uh, I dug deep and I found a drink for you, Donuts and Bolts, called the Sangre Dolce. Mm. Uh, Hmm. This is an ounce and three quarters of mezcal, one ounce of blood orange juice, fresh please, a quarter ounce of cinnamon syrup, and a quarter ounce of of Fernet Branca. So tying uh, ingredients from two of today's cocktails into this drink. I like it. Uh, So you're just going to shake these ingredients with ice until chilled and fine strain into a chilled cocktail glass and uh why not garnish with a slice of that blood orange hmm. uh it, and uh so cinnamon syrup uh i think we've done this before but anytime there's a dog us, there too yeah <laughs> yeah there's a, a dog menagerie over there at uh it's scott like little over yeah, there yeah if you listen okay. carefully
0: you'll, it's, it's, a, it's a, there's a parrot here somewhere i think <laughs> <and> <laughs> To make cinnamon syrup
1: uh, like most syrups, just uh, bust up some cinnamon sticks, throw them in the bottom of a saucepan with uh, a two-to-one ratio of sugar to water, bring that to a boil and then let it simmer for 20 minutes or so uh, to just draw some of that cinnamon flavor out and then strain out the cinnamon sticks and allow that to cool before you put it in the drink. And uh, I think cinnamon syrup is a cool thing to have around. Mm. Yeah, where is this guy located? I imagine he must be some some southwestern location. Mm-hmm. Let's see if his uh, let's see if his Twitter says Phoenix, maybe. Oh, mm. I w- or Florida, guess southern Florida. Oh yeah, you could. But You're... he's a desert, right? Are yeah, oh, there okay. deserts in Florida? No, Mm-mm. swamp. Nah, he's not telling us. He's got no information here. No, well, good for him. I hope you enjoy that drink. If you make it, please uh, take a pic and send it to us. Enjoy your brunch. I hope we didn't miss it by a lot of weeks because we're pre-taping <laughs> well, well in advance.
0: Oh, that's true. I, for, I keep forgetting about that part. This is really
2: not live. This is the first Oh, when's day. this going live?
1: This will This will be not this week, but
0: next. So the, so uh, the 11th? The we should 11th tell the audience this is August 28th, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, Mike. Where can people uh, get in touch with you? Uh, where can they follow you? Find you? You know
2: what? Just email me. I don't even mess with Twitter. I do actually, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm lonely and I need some friends. It's Mike at gmail.com. Okay. Now and also is- Mike Michael B. Sachs at Twitter. At, you know, at Michael B. Sachs. Uh, you know, that's an yeah. indication right there, you know, him
0: giving out, uh, Mike giving out his email address, uh, how generous this man is with this, this time. This is
2: available. He's Very nice generous. Guy. Well, Jesus, I Go mean... Go buy that book. I tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm haunted by my retail days. When I have the loneliness of showing up <laughs> at, at an empty yeah. store at 10 a.m. But I just, I do not, in all seriousness, I don't understand people who complain, you know, comedians, writers, or whomever. know people writing them it's like is it that fucking difficult to write back to people (laughs) honestly to read emails really is it come on you know well Um,
0: well people listen uh do yourself a favor and go out and buy poking a dead frog or you know don't go out stay in stay away from the malls stay in and buy Poking a Dead Frog um, seriously uh, and you know and while you're at it uh, uh, and here's the kicker and you know uh, the uh, and uh, our bodies you're are why not that one yeah and your wildest dreams are the reason because they're all fucking great I cannot get enough and uh, Mike thanks so much for joining us yeah, uh, you, you know what this
2: is really really fun I really appreciate it and I this is a great first drink and now I'm going out for some Polish food I am alright oh yeah. man this is awesome. the neighborhood man yeah I love this, this neighborhood this
1: is the neighborhood to do
2: it alright well uh, you
1: can always follow Chris on Twitter at Chris B Chicken
0: and Benjamin at Benjamin A. Wait a H-R. second, Are
2: you back to the chicken thing? Is that why, <laughs> what was it? Oh yeah, had chicken gumbo. Chicken gumbo
1: was a—it's not a C K. I a C-H-I-K-I. C-H-I-K-I. chicken oh. I could go for some chicken gumbo right now mm-hmm. if i hadn't just uh, gotten a hard on for some uh, <laughs> s- some, uh polish some polish
0: sausage uh, uh, we're going to have uh, what are we going to have right now we're going to have uh, butter chicken lasagna it was like a it's a total like a blending of two amazing foods i Chick- think will chicken the lasagna. animals
2: be lapping at it next to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's yeah we've
0: got we've got about 30 animals downstairs that are <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> Uh, <laughs>
1: and uh, you can follow our show at Drink About It, and uh, go to the website Drink About Let's Drink About It for the recipes from today's show, and go to the Tumblr LDII.tumblr.com And we have a Facebook now. And uh, thanks to Scott Anderson for Thank the you, Scott. recording facility, and uh, Graham Walsh for the music, Paul Watling for the art, and we will be back at you next week. With more life events, And more drinks that go perfectly with them. Yes, we will.
0: I think we do, I, I I got a feeling we're doing pretty good in terms of guessing what everything's like weather-wise and... Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. We've done, done a good job of forecasting our our, <laughs> our uh, mood surrounding the holidays. And, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: okay, well, I mean... I, I mean,
1: mean uh, uh, easier though than the time we sent an episode into the past, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, way easier Cause,
1: than that. Because, cause, you know, like hindsight 2020, but time travel, not so easy. <laughs>